The prophet foresees a new covenant between God and the people whom he loves. This covenant will be marked by the Lord's Spirit in their hearts rather than on tablets of stone. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another Or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. The psalm for this morning is Psalm 119, found on page 4 in your leaflet. Please stand and sing with us together. and suffering, Jesus opened the gates of the kingdom. He is named High Priest forever. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Christ did not glorify himself in becoming a high priest, but was appointed by the one who said to him, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he has heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. 
having been designated by God a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. You may be seated. If you've ever read the Gospel of John very much, you come to a realization that either Jesus isn't really good at answering questions or something else is going on here. Um, Last Sunday, Nathaniel uh, talked about Nicodemus having come to Jesus at night. Um, He says to Jesus, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher come from God, for no one could do these signs that you do unless God were with him. And Jesus responds to Nicodemus, unless a person is born anew, he will never see the kingdom of God. Now, if I were Nicodemus, I'd say, what? I'm talking about you being a teacher come from God and you start talking to me about being born from above. What is going on here? We talked a little bit about it last week after the sermon and Nathaniel and I agreed that what's happening is that Nicodemus is focused on who Jesus is. And Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, no, here's what needs to happen to you. It's not about who I am, it's about what happens to you. Same thing happens in this reading. There were some Greeks that went up to the festival to worship. They come to Andrew or to Philip and say, we want to see Jesus. Philip goes to find Andrew. Andrew and Philip go to Jesus. They tell Jesus, presumably, there are some Greeks here who want to see you. And Jesus says, now is the hour for the Son of Man to be glorified. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. And if it does, it bears much fruit. What? What does that have to do with some Greeks wanting to see Jesus. And then it's interesting to note in reading John's Gospel, those Greeks simply disappear from the Gospel. We never hear from them again. Andrew and Philip um, are the only two disciples with Greek names, so presumably these Greeks came because Andrew and Philip could speak their language. 
Andrew was one of those disciples at the very beginning when John is standing on the bank of the river, John the Baptist, and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Two of his disciples are curious. They follow Jesus. He turns around and says to them, What are you looking for? And they say, Rabbi, where are you staying? And he says, Come and see. So this whole gospel has been about people coming to see Jesus. And here are these Greeks who come to see Jesus and then just disappear out of the gospel. What on earth is John doing? It took me years to figure this out, and then it finally dawned on me. What language are we reading this in? Greek. It was written in Greek. Who are those Greeks? They're us. And where does the story end? It ends here. John's community started its life as a little splinter group from the synagogue. And they had a really nasty fight with the synagogue, didn't like them, called them all kinds of names, got called names in return. And eventually the synagogue went on its way. And John's community stood there like a kid on the playground who's just been done with the fight. And the other kid walks away stomping his foot and saying, no, I'm not done yet. Come back here. Then they had a choice. They could continue to be a splinter group from the synagogue in which case their life would be defined by this fight, or they could change. So some Greeks come to Jesus at the festival and say, Sir, we want to see Jesus. And Jesus replies, Now is the hour for the Son of Man to be glorified. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it does, it bears much fruit. We, John's community, are faced with a choice. We can continue to be a splinter group from the synagogue or we can let go of that way of defining ourselves and let the Greeks in. We have to die. If we don't, we remain alone. That's what's going on in this sort of cross-purpose question and answer um, that's going on in John's Gospel. We have to be willing to let go those very most cherished things about our identity so that we can see where God is at work. You certainly know that when I went to Louis, um, I had to surrender one of those things that I cherished most about my identity, and that was my self-sufficiency. Ah, couldn't do it. Had to depend on other people. Learn to see things from another perspective. That's what it means to fall into the ground and die. Bearing much fruit, um, that's been Jesus' word about what it is a disciple is supposed to do all through John's Gospel. We tend to think of that in terms of numbers, evangelism. He says to the, to the disciples who come to him at the well where he's with the woman of Samaria, look at the harvest, it's white, ready for harvest, and you'll enter a harvest that you didn't sow. And as he says that, all of the people from the village in Samaria come out. Oh, so it's about numbers coming in. No, it's also about feeding. What do you want to grow grain for? To feed other people. I was hoping we'd be out in the back sort of cutting sod off the garden today and we could talk about seeds falling into the ground and dying. Obviously, we're not going to do it in the snow. Um, we'll pick another time to do it. Jeremiah imagines a time when God's covenant will be renewed. And this time, it won't be renewed by writing. It will be renewed in our hearts. And he says a wonderful thing. No one will anymore need to teach his neighbor, know the Lord, because they will all know me. Think about that. Think about us having a conversation with the people who make us most uncomfortable. How about Muslims? 
We need to fall into the ground and die in order to bear much fruit. Surrender the things that are important to us. And no longer will we need to teach them. Know the Lord, because they will already know the Lord. It's not up to us to tell them. We have to be willing to step into their point of view and see how it is they know God. Or bring it a little closer to home. Street people. How about that? Fall into the ground and die in order to bear much fruit. Learn to see how they already know God so that you can hear their perspective. Any group of people, any individual that we have, what does it mean to fall into the ground and die? Surrender our way of identifying ourselves so that we can see how they already know God. The covenant will be in our hearts. No one anymore will need to teach their neighbor know the Lord because they will already know the Lord. And when we're willing to surrender that kind of identity, think of the fruit that we can bear. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But when it does, it bears much fruit. Amen.